Welcome back to another GVO podcast, the Good Vibes Only podcast. On today's episode, I have a very interesting and intelligent conversation with Khaled. We have a broad discussion about sport, specifically rugby and football. We talk about time management, work-life balance, especially in med school, and the great improvement of biotechnology. Stay for the last 20 minutes where we have a higher up conversation about social media. And as usual, we are uncut, unfiltered and uncensored. Enjoy today's episode. On oh, Dubai. Yeah, I love how they dress up. That's yeah, like he's, my... He's really fast. Fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's, he was one of the most Emirates Dubai sevens. Nice. That's where the rugby place was. It's a really good place. Yeah, you need to be fast for sevens. Like yeah. sevens is like... 100%. It's... I don't know. I, I prefer sevens because instead of football, like I feel mm. football has... You have archetypes, if I can say it like that. Yeah. Like you have your Virgil van, van Dijk's at the mm-hmm. back, these tall, big players yeah. and stuff like that. And then you obviously your midfield is a bit different than your forwards. And mm-hmm. you know, you have different types of speed, agility that you need for each. Mm-hmm. Sevens has one complete one. Like mm-hmm. everyone needs to be the fast, same. strong, agile, agile yeah. all of these things yeah. at the same time where in 50 man rugby, it's a bit different. Like yeah. you have those big oaks, like... I've seen your games. Like, there's, there's all types of physiques on the pitch. Yeah, basically. 100%. So there's your physique, and then there's, like, the big guy who's, who looks like he doesn't, you know, train that much or does a lot of cardio, but he'll just be there blitzing everyone. Yeah. And then you have some, like... There was a new player, Tua, Tua Lopi. I don't... I'm butchering his name. But he started, he's, like, 19-year-old... He started playing for the French team. Mm. He's like six foot five, 130 kilograms, like a mass of a man. He's huge. He's literally huge. I, I can't remember his name, but yeah, that like. He won the genetic lottery. The genetic lottery, literally. Yes. Like, you have. I have, a, <laughs> I have a friend. Like, it's mostly about genetics for rugby. Like, skills you can learn. Mm-hmm. Genetics, you can't learn. No. Like, that's like you're born with it or not. So this guy, he used to do like uh, discus and shot put. Do you know that in athletics? Like it's a disc thing and you like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yes, 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 yes. He was like SA champ in that because the guy is like two meters ten. Yeah, huge, gigantic. You like look up at him. I was like, there's a photo of him. (laughs) I was like, there's a photo of me standing next to him. And I'm like at his elbow. Like, at his elbows. And he got a huge contract Mm. to go play rugby in Japan. Like, full scholarship. All he needs to do is play rugby. Mm. And, I mean, he never played rugby in his life. Or at least good rugby. He wasn't necessarily good in rugby. But because he had the size, they were like, this guy is a genetic gem. We can teach him rugby. Mm. But you can't teach someone to be 2 meters 10 absolutely beast of a man yeah. so yeah i think i think actually that's why the same four or five countries have dominated rugby for so long because uh let's say in football for example i'll compare it in football like there's a lot of countries which invest a lot in the academies and they have slowly risen up throughout the years but in rugby i feel like it's 
the same four or five countries have dominated, and I feel like that's because of genetics, like South Africa, New Zealand, um, Australia, now England the rise, also, yeah, England, like, France, and the rise now. But South Africa and New Zealand specifically, these countries have always been like we. It's the top always tier. been a good yeah. competition between them. Yeah, I feel like genetics is one of the main reasons. Man, I swear, like the South African genetics, it's not always like that. But some people are sweet bred for rugby, yeah. like. From like school on, they mm. see like these people have genetic potential and mm. stuff like that, and they just feed them like I don't know two cows a day, and they're like, "You are going to yeah. be a rugby player." <laughs> There's a snack I forgot its name. Uh, both of both of yes, both of yes. This snack, like I got, Cedric gave some to me, and it's apparently you guys snacking that. Like yeah, yeah that's how like we have boltong and drivels, so it's like. Dried cured meat, pretty much. So you, I, I tried it. It's, did, did you like it? It's like I a like salty. It. Like it's a tasty. salty snack. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like a better version of beef jerky. I feel. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But yeah. yet again, I haven't really tried too much beef jerky. But yeah, like both of them, I swear to you, we you buy kilos of it. Like like in our household, at least two kilograms of that finishes in a week. A week. A week. Yeah, that's why you guys are all big. Because <laughs> we eat just like... We just eat that like the whole time. Yeah, like... Lean protein. That's literally lean yeah. protein. It's like wild buck or something that runs around. Yeah. They process it. They make dried meat. Mm. You eat it. And it's like dried meat as well. So like... Imagine like wet meat. We're pretty much eating five kilograms of like freshly slaughtered... I don't know, whatever meat, and then that gets dried down into two kilos, and then you eat that in a week. That's apart from the meals you usually eat as well. Yeah, yeah that's just a snack. That's like nuts. That's like having a few nuts during the day. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I tell you, there's some, there's really people that are like both for rugby, but I, I agree, it is probably genetics and stuff. Uh, for sure, it's like one of the main reasons, but obviously, talent and skill. And popularity among the country, I feel like I, I think it's South Africa's main sport, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is like Qatar? What is you are from Qatar, right? I'm from Egypt. Oh, from Egypt, yeah, so yeah. okay. Egypt is also big in football, I believe. Uh, they're, they're the biggest in Africa, they're the biggest in Africa, but uh, they've declined like lately in the past 10 to 15 years. But they, they are the best in Africa, they won the cup like seven times. Okay, that's not bad, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't follow too much football. I like. I keep up. I keep up. You know, you need to be, mm. make sure. Oh, yeah. Who won this week? Liverpool. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's shit like that. But yeah. I don't necessarily know the dynamic of, like, for example, France. Like I know football is their main thing. France above rugby yeah. must be. Must be. France, yeah, I think so too. Because they reached like two finals the past two World Cups. They won one and they lost one in like arguably the greatest final in football history, like that last one against Argentina. Yeah, how was that? That was that was, that was crazy. That was basically like the old generation of like Messi and Ronaldo and all these guys basically passing on the torch to the new to, to the, the Mbappe's, the yeah, Adams, all of these guys. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was it was crazy game. It is actually big because like Ronaldo and Messi, both of them retired now. They're almost retired. Retired. The one who went to like Dubai to get some more money and then Macy went down to the US. US. Yeah, Yeah, it's like retired, like retirement football is when people start going from 
your European leagues mm-hmm. into different type of leagues. For yeah. That so league. retirement house basically at this point for the, both of them. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. What well, What do you say, uh, Messi or Ronaldo? Goat. We I can talk about this for hours to be honest, but like break it down for me in I five minutes. In five mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. For Messi and Ronaldo. Yes. Okay. So. The most prolific goal scorer in history is Cristiano Ronaldo. He is the greatest goal scorer. He has the most goals, and it's he broke every record. He broke Pele's record. He he has the most international goals for a country. So in terms of goal scoring, he is the best player in history. Fair. That's for sure. Messi, on the other hand, he's also a prolific goal. He actually has a better goal to game ratio than Ronaldo. Does he have more assists? He definitely has more assists. Because I feel like that's the different play style. They have like two different play styles. Yeah, because Messi has like 100 plus assists more than Ronaldo. And um, he's also... He's known to have created like way more chances than Ronaldo, like uh, as a playmaker wise. And he's also um, like... How do I explain this? Ronaldo is known for like his... Obviously, in Man United in his earlier days, he was very skillful and he was really good at free kicks and he was really good at like dribbling and stuff like that, the, the stuff Messi do not, does now. But when he turned to Real Madrid, he became more of a striker, so a finisher. Because that's why in Real Madrid he has the craziest numbers. He has like 450 goals in 438 games. So he basically has more goals than games for Real Madrid. And you as a football player know how hard it is. That's basically, I don't think anyone has that in a record ever. Do you know Pushkar's feelings? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think he also has a he def- crazy yes. like goal record or something. And he also played Real Madrid in his prime, I think. Yes. He was in for Real Madrid, yeah. yeah. He's basically Hungary's greatest footballer as well. Yes. And he had, he had very good goal scoring records as well. Yeah, he has the Pushkas award or something, the greatest goal yeah, the, of the year yeah, or something like the best that. Best goal of the year. Yeah, best goal of the year. Push, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. But um, to compare between Messi and Aldo, I feel like it's very difficult because, okay, if you're talking winning trophies, Messi has won like 10 La Ligas, like 10 Spanish leagues, and Ronaldo has won like 3, 4 Premier Leagues and like two three leagues in Spain as well, and two, two or three leagues in Juventus. So like, the, basic, the league records are the same. Champions League, Ronaldo edges Messi by one. What about uh, like Ballon d'Ors and stuff? I think they Ballon both are very close with the Ballon d'Ors. Ballon d'Or is Messi edges. Uh, he okay. has like, actually, he doesn't edge, he actually has eight, Ronaldo has five. But... There's well, some controversy yeah, there, right? Yeah, Isn't yeah. there like, last year he got it, but like, Haaland, for example, you had a yeah. crazy season. And in the season before that, it was Lewandowski or something. You also had yeah. a like, spectacular season. And yeah. compared so, to Messi, like, come on. Like. To be honest, uh, for Messi's Ballon d'Ors, the one where he won last year was definitely not deserved. I think most people acknowledge that. It was definitely Haaland's. And uh, the one before that, 2021 for Lewandowski. Um, actually, Lewandowski was supposed to win the 2021 but it got cancelled because of COVID. Oh, shit. Okay. So Messi won the next one, but even Messi came out and said Lewandowski, like, he was the best player and he deserved this award. So some people think that Ballon d'Or is not an accurate representation, which is understandable, but 
like I mean FIFA is very corrupt, isn't it? it? Is. Like yeah. there is a few like dodgy lines yeah, that yeah. you get there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But um, it's it's very hard to compare these two because they're very close in every record. Obviously, the only thing that Messi edges over Ronaldo like, is the Ballon d'Or and the Golden Boots as well, and having the World Cup. Ronaldo's never won the World Cup. Oh yeah, okay, but but I like, compare Portugal to Argentina. Exactly. Like I know. Ronaldo is a great player, but carrying a whole team through yeah. a World Cup, like yeah. that's not happening. That's not happening anytime yeah. soon. I mean, he carried it to the first ever Euros. He won them the Euros like seven, eight years ago. Okay, okay, so, class. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I feel like comparing the two, I prefer Messi above Ronaldo just by his play style. Yeah. But I think like, like Messi is more a team player. Where Ronaldo is this clinical striker, you pass him the ball and he will finish. He will, he will get you the goal. Where Messi, you don't pass Messi the goal to go score it. He just creates magic out of nothing and then he scores something or he assists something or he creates something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like Messi above Ronaldo. But there's definitely, I don't know, they have a big debate about who's the real goat, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, um... I think it depends on the fans, but I'm pretty sure they both have mutual respect for each other, but it's very close between them. And I think it's unfair to say one is better than the other for how much each of them achieved. Obviously for me personally, I prefer uh, Messi, but that's a personal opinion. But uh, a lot of people think like Ronaldo is better because he proved it in different leagues. You know, he went to three, he went to England, Spain and Italy. And Messi only went to Spain. He went to France for two years, but... Where, where did he play in for France? He played for PSG. Oh, yes, yeah. Way at the end. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm, I just think of Messi and I think Barcelona. Barcelona yeah. Everyone of course. Does, yeah. He would have stayed in Barcelona if they didn't have like that weird... Yeah. I don't know, uh, budget problem or something. Yeah, he had to be like forced out because uh, of, his, of issues with salary. And he, he, he didn't even want to leave Barcelona. Like He discovered himself... By accident, that he's got, he has to leave. Yeah. So it was all very messy. Yeah, very messy. <laughs> Ironic, I guess. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. And you also played football here in uh, Budapest, right? Yes. For the, yes. For the Shamrocks. No, I played uh, for the Celtics last year, but we played against the Shamrocks. Okay. But yes. they're very like um, they're both Irish teams. Yeah, Celtics and Celtics and Shamrocks. But uh, I was playing last year with the Celtics and now uh, I joined a team with like my friends into a six side league okay and that's fun yeah we're participating in that now yeah that's nice how is the, how is the football here like how does the league work how is the yeah. play how is it compared to back home you know yeah um, okay so we last year we played in the Hungarian league and there's like seven divisions of the Hungarian league so the first three are basically professional the rest are basically amateur to semi-pro and they're playing like Sixth division or fifth division. Okay. And it was very because football here is very competitive and it's in Europe, so you have to like build your way up. And uh, to be honest, it was really competitive. You know, like you, the players are very physical. Did you actually need to train for the league? Like, yes. have practices yeah, and stuff? Yeah. Okay. So it, like, it is a bit more professional, yeah. Yeah, it was like twice a week or three times, even sometimes, and you play a game on the weekend. And our team was the only expats team, 
like the rest, all of the teams were Hungarian. <laughs> sure, okay. We were the only team which was which had non-Hungarians in the whole league. And I'm pretty sure it's the same for the rest of the leagues as well. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's pretty like. That's also, cool. That's cool. It does cool. Have that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's a cool thing to have, and the referees were also very like very biased as well. You know, like because they're all Hungarian, we don't even understand Hungarian, so we're just trying to like compete and you know fit in. But it was uh, I learned like a lot of lessons like in football, and it actually made me much a much better player because. When you have that exposure and competitiveness with like players who do this sometimes for full time, I'm just a medical student. So yeah. it's, it's yeah, really nice. uh, pressure bolts diamonds or something, yeah, <laughs> something yeah, exactly. deep like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, it's nice because I feel it keeps you busy. Like for example, our rugby, we have two leagues. Yeah. We have like, because it's not being in Hungary, it's really not a yeah. prevalent sport. So like you sit with, we are also the only expat team. In, in Budapest, yeah. yeah. So no, in Hungary, in Hungary, yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. And then also very biased refs, absolutely hate us, mm-hmm. hate us because we are. Okay, hate is a strong word, <laughs> but they they definitely frown upon us mm-hmm. about the ex, expats because they speak everything in Hungarian. They like you've watched some of our games. Yes. Can you like pick it up or that the refs are biased? To a different team, or is it not that? I I I think the referees were biased. I came to one of your games um, in October. Um, I think you remember which game. I just tried to explain. You guys were like down in the first half by a lot, and you made a crazy comeback and you won. Yeah. Which game was that? Which against? Who? It was probably against. I think it was Bata. Normally, you play Bata. What was the color of the jersey of the other team? I can't remember, but you guys won by like 30 something. It was like two points difference. <laughs> Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, and you guys made a crazy comeback. Because normally what happens is, like you say, we we are like a second half team because mm-hmm. we have more stamina, we have younger players. So, like, the first half gets shaky, mm. and then the second half, yeah, like, no, guys, the afterburners kick in and then yeah. you can wreck a few players, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Now I had oh man did I have the crazy craziest experience last night like so we went to practice I had practiced rugby and somehow like I'm playing and I it's either like I hit the ground weird mm-hmm. or I like shoved someone and as I was shoving someone my finger pops out yeah. of like I don't know lit I don't know what you call it in English <laughs> But it just pops out and I look at it and I'm like, it has like, I swear to you, it's like a constant like this. Like, you know, the P signal, Yes. it's like that, but it's just skew. <laughs> My finger is just skew. So we try and put it back in, doesn't manage. Mm. I go to the hospital. I'm like, okay, fair. let me just quickly go in. This is a five minute procedure. It's quick, quick, put it back okay, in. Yeah. Did it take me two hours? Maybe a bit more than two hours to just get my finger back straight because they have a whole process of first they take me in. I think you'll understand this because this is like the medicine world. So they take me in, they check blood pressure, they take like a a overall of what's going on with me, Mm. uh, ask pain, and then they reference me to another doctor. So I go to the doctor. I wait a bit, wait a while. 
I come, I go in, they check my finger, they're like, okay, now we need an x-ray of this. Then I go, I go take my x-ray, also obviously wait a bit there, mm. come back, sit there, sit there, wait a bit more, they come in, they take me in, two minutes, quick, quick. They were like, do you want some lidocaine? I'm like, it's not that bad, it's, you can just quickly pop it in. They put it back in and then they were like, okay, no, it's time for another x-ray. Go do another x-ray, take the x-ray and then come back again and then wait for us again so that we can make sure everything is fine. Okay. Very long process. Yeah. Halfway through, I'm like, it's like 12.15. It's like past, it's past, past midnight. I'm like, no, I'm finished here. I pack up my stuff. I'm like, I'll come another day for the x-ray. Mm. Right now, you got it back in place. You, they put like, I don't know, one other metal thing on. Mm. And they're like, you can you're go then. Yeah, you're good. So I'll go back for x-ray to make sure like nothing is broken. But yeah. No, I really, I really dislike the medical system. It was yeah. so extra and it was, I think I just don't, it just doesn't fit me too well. I don't know. The medical procedures here, like, most of my friends, I have like five, five, six friends who had like horror experiences in medical in medical hospitals here and first aid and everything. Like I had a friend, Musti, you probably know him. Yes, of course. I played with him uh, in a game before, and then he basically jumped to like head the ball and he landed and his ankle twisted. Okay, so he couldn't complete the game. So I finished the game and everything. Uh, after that, we go to the hospital. And we had to wait for like, and he's in pain, right? His ankle is basically like completely out of space. I think he had a sprained, he had a sprained ankle at the end. Like he couldn't play for like a month or a month and a half. And we had to go there and we had to wait in the emergency hospital for like two and a half hours, maybe three hours. In pain, like that? In pain. Like there's not, no one, like we're trying to talk to everyone. Luckily, we had uh, my friend Mahmoud. He speaks Hungarian. Oh, grand! Because if I didn't have someone speaking Hungarian, you, like with me, I was screwed. I was screwed. for a day, probably. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't have uh, my Thai card with me at there, but I had like documentation of it, so I could give the, that to them. If I pulled up there, couldn't speak Hungarian, didn't have my Thai card with me, they would say, "Wrap it up, sir. Figure it out yourself." I Wait. swear they yeah. would have. They wouldn't care about you. Uh, luckily, he has a tie card, actually. Okay. So, we went in and the whole situation we just took like 15 minutes. We had to wait three hours for a 15-minute procedure. So, this is how it is in Hungary. Yeah, it's... In med- in med- like, I have a few people that also Everyone has this experience. Yeah. yeah. It's just... <laughs> uh, if it happened to me, I'd rather just sit at home and fix it myself somehow. Yeah, yeah. go to the hospital and suffer. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, that's the thing. We actually attempted it. To like put it back in place yeah. didn't didn't succeed but yeah. i don't know and like you doing medicine you'll are you planning on staying here are you mm-hmm. planning on going back home or what is your next step if you think yeah so like, basically because uh, you've you pretty much finished i say finished but after third year especially in semmelweis mm-hmm. the level of intensity in the course definitely takes a drop 100 100 i think the first three years are very tough and uh, it's basically used as a filter to see who really like wants to do it and who doesn't. Oh, that's very valid. I, I think so. I agree with that. You should do that because yeah. 
I think medicine is not easy. It's not the amount of information you need to put in your head of, I don't know, randomest terms. Yes. Yeah. It's and not for everyone. It's no. not for everyone. You and need to cipher it down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to be honest, it is very tough, but I feel if you're hardworking, you're consistent, and you actually want to do medicine, you will not... It's tough, but you'll not find it like impossible to go through. Like you know, okay. I feel like, like I've, I feel like I've balanced like uh, sports, socializing, and studying very well. Just to like, and went through the three years like fine, you know. But as long as you're focusing, you're studying, and you're passionate about it, I don't think they should be. There should be an issue for you yes. to pass. But it definitely takes a drop after three years because you basically proven yourself, you know, and. Uh, the treatment in fourth and fifth year and sixth year is completely different. They treat you as, um, like as assistants rather than medical students. You know, like they they want you, they care about you. That's nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's worth it basically to get to this point. Yeah, I also feel like medicine helps you a lot with uh, managing your time, yes. like you said, because if you you really can't sit the whole day and just study like let's say for i think everyone experiences this during exam period mm -hmm. especially like it gets tough it yeah. gets very tough of like just sitting down and studying day in day out day in day out and then you'll need to start you need to learn to manage it you know maybe put in a workout in there or see some friends mm -hmm. take a walk even if you have like to study a lot like it does teach you that where let's say you study arts yeah where you don't have that intense exam period of sitting yeah. day in day out you know it's shout out to all the artists yeah yeah no 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 <laughs> I, I mean can I do your job not at all not at all not at all yeah so yeah medicine is good I feel like you, you and I can definitely relate on this but uh, I feel like doing sports actually improves your studying efficiency like, yeah. I feel like you definitely feel that as well in that. Especially if I like, it's a good outlet point. Mm -hmm. So if I like, geez, there's like times, especially during the exam period, then it's like, I feel it the most. There's like this need of, I need the gym now. Or yeah. I need to yeah. go for a run, go for a workout, play some rugby, something like that. Like, because you just need to get your mind off it. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, yeah. yeah. If I... <laughs> If I keep like during anatomy, for example, mm. you get tired of listening, hearing what this vessel and that vessel is and everything mm. like that. So I take that break, get my mind off it. And then when you go back and study again, it's like you're more effective with the studying you do. Yeah, I, I 100%. That's why like, um, for me personally, I've always... Uh, been less efficient in studying when I cut on my sports and I did that like sometime during second year and n never again because I feel like if you study less but do sports and manage it it's better than studying the whole time and not doing any sports at least for my mental health yes you know I think yeah mental health that for definitely sure. helps yeah. yeah and like what about sleep for me sleep is like one of the most essential things mm. like Seven, eight hours, I aim for eight. I aim for at least eight. Sometimes I need to cut it short for like seven. If I go down from seven, I become a zombie. 
I become yeah. like brainless, brain dead, I swear. And then, yes. yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I've personally never, like, I, I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I slept less than seven or six hours since I came here. Okay, that's good. That's like I'm very doing healthy. Med, doing med school at least. Like obviously holidays, you know, everything's messed up. Yes. But doing med school, I, I never sacrifice my sleep. I don't believe in that to be honest. And people So you're very like almost religious, very on yeah. your sleep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seven, eight hours, yeah. That's Absolutely. that's literally great. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like a good sleep is like the cornerstone for you to do well in anything you want to do. I really think so. Do you, like, medicine know what sleep is? If you understand what I mean. Yes. Like, because it's, it takes a large portion of your day where you just, like, I don't know, shut down. Mm. Well, initially they thought that your brain also, like, sh- completely shuts down. But then they started doing, like, MRIs, seeing, like, your brain is actually active while you are sleeping. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but it's... You have dreams and stuff like what is sleep even and yeah. like were you guys able to define it yet in a medicine sense in a medical sense mm. so we learned about sleep briefly like in physiology two years ago and um, obviously there's, there's different stages of sleep stages of sleep i know uh rem like yeah. rem sleep like the rapid eye movement and yeah. then I remember these different phases, but I can't remember them exactly. <laughs> to be honest, me either. <laughs> but um, the main thing is, uh, the REM sleep is your deepest um, like state of sleep. And usually it's between, to get the best of your deep sleep, you have to be asleep between the hours 11pm and 3am. So in these hours, if you're asleep during these hours, you're getting... So basically, how do I put it across? If you sleep from 10pm to 6am... It's way better for you than sleeping from like, I don't know, 1 a.m. to 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. So oh, like, interesting. it's both eight hours, but the first one, you're having your deep sleep, you're just like, you're sleeping completely at night and everything is uninterrupted. But if you sleep 1 a.m., 2 a.m. and still get the eight hours of sleep, it's not as efficient. You don't wake up as energetic, you know? Oh, as like refreshed. As like, refreshed. Yeah. <clears throat> but some people are night owls and their body got used to it. So a lot of people probably disagree and think, okay, this is not true. I sleep like this and I'm not struggling. Yes. But this is to be proven the healthiest. Obviously, most of us don't stick to it, but this is proven yes. the healthiest. I used to, man, I used to be very like on point about my sleep at yeah. a point. Like now, I think it's because I'm trying to not learn to be a night owl but at least like experience a bit more Mm -hmm. because like still like later than 12 i shut down except if i'm out on a night out but like i promise you 10 you go to bed yeah six there was a point like 5 30 stand up start your day early and then you get let's say my first class starts eight or nine Mm -hmm. then i have like this what two three hours before my day starts where it's i just do what i necessarily want to do if it, yeah. it, it's very freeing it's very freeing yeah. to a point because i would like you always have work i don't know if it's for you but i always feel i have something to do yeah i have 
Yeah, you yeah. always have yeah, something yeah. to do, right? Sure. If you don't think you have something to do, you're not thinking hard enough about what to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, during that time, I could always do that. Now I definitely slack down on that, mm-hmm. on that intensive, oh, 9.30, you start shutting down, phone gets put one place, I maybe put like mm, something to listen to on like my AirPods, get ready, whole routine, 10, 10.15, I'm sleeping, passed out, mm-hmm. wake up, six, and then the day starts again. And then, yeah, that's, I must say, that was definitely... You could feel that health. You, yeah. you feel you feel it. 100%. I think, I mean, what you talked about, about the one hour you're free and you basically do whatever you want and just plan your day ahead. It's actually mentioned in like the book, 5am club, the 5am club. Oh, yes, Robin Sharma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks about the hour being like the, literally the golden hour from 5am to 6am because that's when everyone's basically, most people are asleep and, uh, I'm not sure about the exact terminology, but he said that a certain part of your brain gets activated where it's basically um, very quiet, very, you know, nice ambient. And you just, it's like, it completely opens your brain and your critical thinking to another level. It's like, apparently you become very like quiet and very like focused, focused almost. Okay. Yeah, on anything you want to do. So this is the best hour to like sit down and plan what you want to do and think about what you, what you want to do next, what's on the agenda and basically focus on your mental health, you know? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> the Robin Sharma book, very coincidentally, the same time when I was super hard on my schedule, it was when I fell in love with that book. Yeah. So I like read it like the first time I was like, yeah, this is a sick book. Read it a second time. Just because there's certain notes you get later on and you like probably need to get it in your mind. Now, I think his main thing that you're referring to here now is like when the sun starts rising, I think it's serotonin. Serotonin is the thing that like gets activated or something. Either the levels drop or the levels rise. Mm -hmm. It's one of those two. And that causes that mental state of like, focus and you're awake now you get like extra energy from it i don't know how i don't know why it just happens and like you say in that hour of where the world is still quiet and your head is busy Mm -hmm. you can organize everything before everything around you starts getting busy and you also start getting busy and then before you know it you just stuck in chaos you don't know what's going on in a rush you have, I have to go here I have to go there exactly that and, then, and yeah. then you're basically you just feel like your head's basically a mess now and you can't like you can't sit down and actually be quiet and just you know because I, to be honest I struggle with this I I, I mean I'm not sticking to what I'm preaching but uh, I'm always I always wake up like half an hour an hour before class because you talk about the same person I'm also not yeah, sticking to that yeah, at the moment yeah. yeah but I aim I want to like be like that to be honest because I feel like that's a lifestyle that actually would maximize your productivity on everything that I think that is true that is like even if you yeah the half an hour before class that gets tough yeah. like for me 
I still stick with that hour type routine. So let's say I need to be somewhere eight. Mm-hmm. I at least want to wake up 6.30. That's good. Like latest, like that's like pushing it. Cause that first half an hour, it takes me to just like wake up, really? gather everything, get all my stuff together. And then you have that half an hour before. Man, I used to always, the morning, I would grab myself a nice coffee, sit on the couch, read a book, class. Yeah. You're like, there's nothing going on. Yeah. You're just sitting there drinking coffee, reading book. Like there's no rush in the world. Mm-hmm. And then slowly you need to start, you like, oh, okay. I need to okay. leave in like 20 minutes. It's start getting dressed. It's start getting, and that's, I must say, that's the one thing that from the book, because it definitely sounds very radical. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That wake up 5 a.m. Yeah, it's like, I can't even think about like, just thinking about waking up at 5 a.m. Like, scares me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. What? That's such a big thing to do, but I think it's more that you to try and get out that golden hour that you that he preaches there, for example. Yeah. But the Robin Sharma guy, I really like him. He also wrote The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Also, great book. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, he writes very, very Eastern, very like spiritual type vibes. I don't know, like... Buddhist type stuff. That, that, was, that was basically the 5 a.m. club where they basically go to Mauritius. You know about it when they go yeah, to Mauritius and he starts like talking about from a third person perspective and how like there's this billionaire and they're taking them in and making them practice waking up early and everything. It's very, I felt like I can visualize what he was talking about. It was At very, the end of the book, you want to become the billionaire. You yeah. want to be the billionaire. Yeah. 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 That was how I like reading it the first time like yeah this is sick book second time around like in your head you're like oh it's not you can achieve that yeah it's not like he was given something and luck just he created his own luck somehow if that makes sense and that's how all very (laughs) up there i guess but yeah i think you can definitely do anything you put your mind to for sure it's just um, like obviously for the sleeping early and waking up this early it's very doable but obviously sometimes for many of us it's not practical because you know we got friends like it's never really like it's super uh, I felt it was like not necessarily lonely lonely is the wrong word for this it's more limiting Limiting, limiting the stuff. Because, man, if you are 10 in bed, normally the night only starts around 10-ish, you know? Weekends. Yeah, exactly. You're missing out on all of that. To be no, honest. no. You're missing out on all of that. And then you're like, okay, then you're up at 6. There's people still Cause out on the streets at 6. You're seeing people in the metro coming back drunk at 6. <laughs> you know? that, but this is, Budapest is crazy like that. Like, I've never been in a city where everyone just party or... At least every night you can go somewhere and it will be packed full of people. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm actually very, because you know, I don't know about you, but for me, when I came to Budapest, I thought it was going to be not that fun. Like, I didn't have high expectations. Okay. Because I didn't know many people who went there. I didn't hear much about it. But now, a lot of people are saying it's like 
one of the Europe's capital capitals for party, you know, for clubbing. For student for life student and life. everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very happy we're living in a city like this. Even the Erasmus students, all of them, when they come here, they just have a blast and they never want to leave. You do you do you guys also have like a bunch of Erasmus students going in and out of yeah. like the studies? I swear they do nothing. They they do nothing except party. Literally, <laughs> that's that's their that, that's their purpose is not to study. Their purpose is to come and party, basically. Yeah, to live life. I don't blame them. I'm yeah. not gonna come to another city for a semester and spend most of it studying. You know, like I would rather have fun and enjoy it while it lasts and. You know. And Budapest is a city to enjoy, yeah. I guess. Yes, 100%. Yeah. No, this is a wild city. How, like, how did you end up in Hungary or Budapest? Or it's, long it's, very, story. It's, a, it's a very random story. Like, you got, it's, it's literally random. But basically, I was um, in high school. I learned German until, like, A2. Okay, so you can speak at, at least like a little bit. A bit, yeah. And I was I wanted to go to university in Germany because you you have to be like a B two C one level for that, but I couldn't complete it on time because of like the A levels I had like this is basically the British curriculum exams. Okay. So I looked at Central Europe, Eastern Europe, because that's where you know medicine was had where it was a good price tuition fee wise, and I was looking for a balance between a good tuition fee and a good university and I was stuck between Czech and Hungary okay and a dad friend just said that Budapest is a way better city than Prague and I just ended up applying for Semmelweis that's what happened and Semmelweis is a good university Semmelweis is is really nice yeah Yeah. I mean I just well I just gave Semmelweis a really bad rating about my finger (laughs) but it is a good university it is a good university my teaching measure is 100% Oh yes, yeah, yeah, of course. Do you guys get a lot of practical work done or like good machinery? Don't you have like very high class machinery or high tech biomed whatever stuff? Yeah, in Semmelweis. Yeah, like yeah. Actually, we're getting a lot of exposure already in fourth year. Like we we went to this um, we were in the surgery block, and I went to see like um, I think it was. I'm not sure, a liver transplant? I'm not sure. It was a very invasive surgical procedure. And they were using, they had like, it, it was crazy. Like, I don't know how to explain it to you, but it was basically two big machines, okay? Someone here is using a joystick, a joystick to control the arms, like the robotic arms, and the robotic arms are on top of the patient, and he's controlling them. So they have the doctor here, the surgeon. He's operating, and these arms are helping him. And this guy is controlling the arms from far. What? With the joystick. And another doctor is just here looking at what's happening with the joystick. To make sure everything is fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. Or learn. Can you ever like, how can I say, do it offshore type. Let's say there's a really big brain surgery that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You have a great medicine or a great doctor in Europe, but the surgery takes place in America. And there's just this guy on a joystick, like operating the from patient, like, like from not even in the room. Like oh, that's what I mean. Like I don't know about com- that. I'm not sure, but I think it's definitely in the works. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about hypothetics now, but yeah. if I hear this, because I think the level, the technology behind medicine is ridiculous. It's crazy. I have a 
I have a close friend that needed to remove his gallbladder. Mm-hmm. And I was first like thinking, how do you like remove a gallbladder without being super invasive? Like you said, like, cause it's gallbladder. I started doing like a uh, bit of research about, about it, just checking what the surgery is. And they have like four tubes or something or like whatever pens or mm-hmm. surgical devices that they like put in. And it's like, chip chop, gone. Mm-hmm. They, they just removed a gallbladder. Yeah. And the gallbladder is like, I mean, it's not an easy thing to remove. The liver is above it. There's a bunch of other organs going around there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Incredible is yeah. all I can yeah. say. Surgeries are, I mean, as you said, like there, I learned about a surgery yesterday uh, in the thoracic surgery building where you can basically remove it's a basically that's it's a pleural cancer like a pleuritic cancer it's very dangerous it's called the mesothelioma and one of the surgeries involve removing one lung the diaphragm the pleura and like i'm not sure what else and you still live like, <laughs> oh. can, I, I was like i was I, even i was looking at the doctor i was like you can even live with that he's like you can but it's very not in use unless it's really urgent this type of surgery and it's very painful for the patient i'm like this is crazy right. <laughs> how do you even like just One thinking lung. about it anatomically like doesn't make sense you remove the lung you remove the diaphragm so that you can breathe properly yes, i mean yeah no, it's, it's ridiculous apparently they put like some sort of a net here oh, to replace the diaphragm yeah and the pain works what? That's yeah, that's very it's, cool. It's, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And, okay, so you said you, like, from the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, do you have, like, any affiliation to the war that's going on? Does it, like, mm. affect you closely or anything like that? Just mm. as a completely random topic. Uh, it definitely affects my country directly. Because uh, the Gaza Strip is, like, right yeah, next to Egypt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you have the... It's called Rafah. This Rafah border is basically the only way out uh, for Palestinians outside of uh, Gaza, basically. Okay. That's the only way out. That or obviously through Israel, but that's not enough. <laughs> yeah, that's so, not happening. Okay, yeah, I know. But it actually doesn't make sense because the border is controlled not just by Egypt. It's controlled by Egypt and Israel. So both of them have to agree for something to happen through this border. And like... For people to escape and stuff like that. That's, I don't know, it sounds very like there's conflict there to yeah. actually just open up the border and be like, okay, go. Because yeah. you guys take a lot of refugees in. Mm-hmm. And then not just that, but I think Israel is also, they definitely have bad intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're not showing good intentions at all. So them opening up the border, you know, it's like... But conflict, yeah. I, I mean, um, they want to open the borders because their whole mission is to remove all of the Palestinians and send them to Egypt basically and take over Gaza completely, you know. So that they want to open the borders to get them out, but Egypt wants to open the borders for another reason to send help in, you know, medication, food, oh, but they're all the necessities, the necessities, yeah. you know. But 
it's they're obviously against that so the border is at some point it was opening like for 100 trucks a day which is basically like a drop in the ocean you know so like with the amount of people like that yeah nothing. yeah it's one of the most uh, densely populated areas in the world there's like 2.1 million people and like 16 kilometers squared Jeez. It's, it's, it's very very like what is the point of this war at like so far because i know the news broke up when was it october 7th uh, yeah, yeah october 7th then yeah. the first like attack started happening and then this just escalated until like now february and it's not been yeah. it's not been kind it's not yeah. been kind as far as i know like what is the state of gaza at the moment is there even like a city there anymore yeah. you know like it's, it's just it's, it's pretty bad i mean um like there is lack of food lack of water there is risk of like mass starvation uh, i saw a stat the other day it said like almost 70 to 80 percent of the buildings in gaza are destroyed you know over that's so bad like that's crazy that's probably why it's so daintily bold because no yeah. one can live anyway no it's just can, yeah, it's, flat it's just flat buildings. yeah, yeah. and um you know, so this is the north of Gaza, this is the south. And Israel told everyone in the north to go to the south, so that they bombed this area. But then they're bombing the south, which is now way more densely populated. So now, I mean, even ever since the beginning... No way, yes. that is ridiculous. There's, there's a lot of examples. They're like there. moving them, oh, go there, go there, because yeah. we're going to bomb, and then they like... Yeah, killing them on the way, killing them while they're here. I mean, there's a lot of examples. Yeah, no, I believe you because I've heard of some yeah. crazy stuff yeah. going on in that war and it's, yeah. it doesn't look good, I guess. Yeah, it's, I mean, um, to be honest with you, like, they wouldn't have gone this far into doing all of the barbaric stuff they did without, unless the Arab countries actually did something, you know? So, like, Israel is surrounded by, like, five, six, seven Arab countries. Yeah, they have, like, Iran is, like, bordering them or something. From, like, the other side. And then you have okay. Jordan. And then they're bordering Syria. And they're bordering, uh, sorry, Lebanon. And then they're bordering Egypt. I mean, they're not bordering Egypt directly. Weird question. Is Afghanistan anywhere close today? Or no, no, no. No, no, okay. I'm just geographically yeah, not yeah. the base. No, no, it's, un it's understandable. <laughs> but many people didn't know about this war properly until now. Because it's been so, like... I mean, people think it started on the 7th of October, but it's been going on for like 75 years, you know. Oh, so there's like always been conflict yeah, between yeah. the Palestinians and the Israelis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just the biggest, like... News uh, coverage of it? Biggest news coverage, big, biggest amplification of it uh, since like 1948, which when the great like mass um, departure of Palestinians from the land happened. Like the first big one. This is the, this is a bigger one than them. Like, they apparently almost eighty to ninety percent of the Palestinians are displaced. In I, how do you not like this? Is not common knowledge. I feel like maybe yeah. I'm just under a rock <laughs> no, most no, no, no. of the time. But I really didn't know that it was big conflict beforehand as well. It was. As, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, it's. It's. I mean. Um, They've, I mean, they had, I mean, the, initially, if you want to go really, really back, uh, like 15th of May, 1948, that's when Israel was created, okay? This was due to, like, Britain needing to, like, displace a bunch of 
like Jews and stuff due to the World War Two, right? Yes. Or was it World War One? Uh, no, World War Two. Yes, World War Two, of course. I mean, it began kind of in World War One, but after World War Two, that's when it really happened. And actually, I tried to send them to Argentina and Uganda, but uh, they didn't accept them, the governments. So they ended up going to uh, Palestine. Oh, so Israel was Palestine initially? Uh, no, no. It's like Israel was it's basically all of the Jews in Europe. Yes. And uh, they got, they wanted to go to like um, somewhere to live and basically have a life. But they were rejected from Argentina, Uganda and some other country. And then the British made a deal for them to go to Palestine, which was a fully Arab country. Yes. And then the Israelis went there and then they started taking the land like slowly. Yeah, that's very interesting because, yeah. I mean, like a Muslim-run area getting like taken over by a completely different religion, like this yeah. Jewish religion. Like, yeah, it's very... Yeah. I can see how there's conflict between the two. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, like they, they agreed to have like 50% of the land, whatever. And then slowly, with the help of the UN, which is obviously a fully, con- fully controlled by the US, and uh, with the help of the UK as well, they started taking more and more land until now there's only Gaza and the West Bank. Even the West Bank is not controlled by Palestinians, it's controlled by Israelis, but Gaza is the only place now. Where Palestinians are actually living. Like, yeah, and there's no Israelis. So. Yeah, wow. It's, yeah, it's, and there's no hope. Do you think there's ever going to be like a handshake between Palestinians and Israelis? Because I feel like there's a very deep hate between yeah. the two created due to this war and stuff like that. Because it's just, man, it's very yeah, aggressive. I mean, if you look at history, throughout history, there's, if uh, you have the, someone taking the land, you know, you have the occupation and you have the people of the land, the homeland, you know, and occupations never last. Like France and Algeria, the, France occupied Algeria for like 130 years. Oh yeah, that's also true. Yeah, yeah and they even they even called Algeria the 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 Arabic France, you know, and Algeria eventually got their own independence. That's like most of Africa. Most of Africa yeah. was colonized by, by yeah. We were initially colonized by the Dutch. I mean, the Germans were. Uh, I almost said the capital of Namibia. So Namibia was. Still in Windhoek, the capital of Namibia, they speak mostly German because of that colonizing back in the day. And Mm. I mean, that's the whole of Africa. It's just colonized. Yeah. 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 And uh, the occupations always come to an end. It's just this one has become now very complicated because it never escalated this much before. Yeah. Back in the day, I mean, when they were colonizers, there was guns and Stuff like that. Now we have missiles. My my Instagram feed is like sometimes the wildest feed ever. I get like some random ass videos and stuff. And what was it like two, three weeks ago? I found this page where they like post about a lot about like uh, wars and stuff. Like uh, so, conflict observer is the thing's name. I got it actually from a friend that used to be in the American army. He's like, yeah, if you want to stay up to date, mm. check this out. And started checking it out. And that obviously escalated into more stuff going into my feed. 
So I get like these videos of literally just cities exploding. Like it's just, it's just like, you take a, it's like a town, then out of nowhere, missile. Yeah. And it's intense. Like it's so intense. But that's like my feed, not necessarily always, but I get that shit thrown in and it's pretty intense. Then you see that and like, yeah, I can totally see how so many people get injured and it's brutal and it's like, yeah, it's not nice to see, if I can say it like that. Yeah, I mean, as you said, there's advanced nuclear weapons, there's nuclear weapons now that you can wipe out countries, even maybe a continent with the nuclear weapons that the US has. With the amount of nuclear weapons they are like, and nuclear is bad in that way where it like remains bad like you know the radiation that goes out and stuff like it takes a while like i think hiroshima or whatever yeah. nagasaki that take took a long while for them to actually properly be able to build cities again and That's stuff like that first ever atomic bomb dropped in the city instantly killed roughly two cities instantly killed like two hundred thousand people instantly that's apart from the people who died from the radiation later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Injuries. The, like, bad, like, after radiation like that, giving birth and stuff. I think there's definitely birth defects that yeah, happen there. Like, yeah. I think I watched uh, Monster Fish or something. It's like this guy that catches big fish. Mm. And somewhere in Russia or Ukraine, I'm not exactly sure, but there was, like, a meltdown of a nuclear plant. And he went there to go fishing. And like, it's not even a fish anymore. It's like a fucking deformed thing that he pulled out. Yeah, mutated. Like, you know, in The Simpsons where they have like the fish with the three eyes. Yeah, the goldfish. Same vibes. I say same vibes. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But yeah, hopefully it doesn't come to something intense like that. I don't think it will ever come to nukes. Because, I mean, it's... Obviously, a lot of countries have nukes, but uh, the fact that a lot of countries have nukes is exactly the reason why people are not going to use nukes. Because everyone's afraid, okay, if I do this, this country's going to hit me back with this. Then it's going to be a full-on wipeout. And no country likes war, you know? In this war... Except America. Yeah, but even there, right now, even they're suffering from it. I mean, they're causing the most wars, but they're also now suffering intense backlash because it's very public, like... Yeah, their economy is also, like, getting a bit of a hit yeah. from that, like... Because they fund in Ukraine, a lot mm-hmm. to Ukraine. I don't know if they fund Israel or something. Oh. I can imagine something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's America. They do bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. America's just strange with their wars and stuff like that, because... It's, it's weird, because they... Uh, they even Afghanistan, as you mentioned, they stayed there for, like, 20, 21 years, and they never really conquered it. And they left, like, two years ago. They say that 20 years to conquer the land and never conquer it, you know? So yeah. it's like... They just, like, stole some oil, probably. Yeah. They just wanted some oil. Yeah, it's... And uh, even Gaza, they... Um, it's one of the biggest crude oil, like, uh, sources in the world as well. So they probably want it as well for this reason. Yeah. It's, That's the whole Middle East. The Middle East is yeah. just abundant in oil. Like, it's, it's actually yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Saudi, they have... Uh, yeah, like... The Hamad bin Salman, they, they don't even know how much, like, the amount of money they have is insane. 
Like I'm pretty sure they generate around a trillion dollars. I'm not sure if billion or trillion dollars a day just from oil. That's unlimited money. Like money is yeah. yeah. And if you even look like at the projects and stuff they do, like Dubai as a city itself, I Qatar, Jordan. I don't know about Jordan though, mm. uh, but all those oil-rich countries have this amazing landscape of mm. very like new buildings and everything like that. And they started building what the line, the line, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. even creates that? Yeah, like it's five hundred kilometers squared of just. A covered line in the middle of the desert. Also sustainable. Uh, yeah. How they do that? Yeah. We'll find out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. You move around with I don't know some elevators. It's it's the transport doesn't take that much time. It's, so it's crazy. Apparently, they want the line to be like. Let's say you live in block two, in, I don't know wherever you live in the line. Mm. Within five minutes of travel, you should have all the essentials you need. I'm talking about medicine, uh, grocery shop, pharmacy, I don't know, whatever you want. Within five meters, everything that you need. And yeah, man, these people are ridiculous. Do you know, um, so the people that do the line, it's not just the line. They have other projects they're also doing. So... Uh, Neom is the big company and they have a vision for 2030, mm-hmm. they say. So it includes the line. Uh, Oxagon is another place. Uh, Trojina. I think Trojina is like a ski resort. Mm. They're making a ski resort in Saudi. Let me quickly, I'll quickly just pop it out and show you. So Neom is like the main thing that they... Uh, the main project manager of this. Yeah. Bro, like, except all cookies. Um, now it's just, this is Neom. Yeah. Let me show you some of the regions they have. So let's look at Regina. Literal ski resort. Yeah, I don't know why the Wi-Fi is so slow. But they have some ridiculous projects going on. And then... It's Saudi. Yeah. It's desert. (laughs) What do they want to Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what oil can get you, I guess. That's what oil can get you, you think. Like, I mean... This is the reason why the U.S. has many very has many like agreements with Saudi over transfer of oil and everything because the U.S. is heavily dependent on the Middle East for oil. Yeah, and uh, that's why these countries are very important for the U.S. You know, and actually, obviously, I'm just gonna go back to the war. They could have Saudi could have easily stopped this war for a bit if they just stopped the oil supply. Oh, to America. To America. But uh, this is actually a funny story. So back in 1970s, I'm not sure which year, there was a king, it was called King Faisal. And he actually stopped the oil supply to the US. And there was like massive 
problems in the US, like financially and economically about this, from this. And a week later or something, his cousin, who worked in the US, they, he came to Saudi and he shot the king in the head in a family meeting. You no know, way. They, they sent his cousin as an undercover agent to kill him because he stopped the oil supply. What? <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. What? That is a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Like, I was just, like thinking, why are they not doing this? And then I learned about the story. I was like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah there's just going to be craziness in that family if they like just stop yeah. it. But I mean, realistically, stop it for one day, maybe two days. They will immediately see the problem and maybe like back off. I don't or they know. Can Hopefully. Do, yeah, or they can do this. They can just an undercover and kill everyone in the royal family, I guess. And then there's problems because the whole thing Saudi is run by a family, right? Yeah, it's uh, royalty like her- heritage uh, ruling. So okay. it's the same in uh, UAE as well. Same in UAE? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah. yeah Give me two seconds. I quickly want to go to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I was. We were just talking about earlier about uh, how bad Instagram is. Like, yeah, I, well, not bad. Social media, maybe. To be honest, social media in general is bad. Um, I, I mean, do you think it was better or worse for the society? Like, because you get connected to people much easier, mm-hmm. but. Is it actually, does it help that much? Like, isn't it more disadvantaged than an advantage? Well, to be honest, I read a quote, like, uh, a couple months ago, and it made so much sense. It says, uh, if the application is free, you're the product. Ooh. (laughs) Bro, that's fucking, yeah. Yeah, so like... Okay, they're good. we are the products of social media, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they're out here in California, and you know, getting scientists to, you know, put the most addictive stuff, like like the most addictive uh, features on the app, the like message, the comments, the notifications, and you're you're addicted to it more than any drug, you know. So I feel like. It's definitely good to communicate with people and for like marketing your business or whatever. But most people don't really use it for that, you know? Most people use it to like scroll. scroll. I don't know. Yeah, ghost scroll. Yeah, man. And what do you call it? Like the algorithm is so good. The algorithm is so good that like as soon as you they they pick up what you like or what you watch to full and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. let's some of that in the feed and then before yeah. you know it you're addicted to the algorithm literally I mean TikTok is the prime example of this yeah everyone has uh, everyone who uses TikTok like who's addicted to TikTok has fucked up attention span because you're always just scrolling 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 you know yeah that's, and how long is the video how long do you actually watch the video like five second attention span I know some people who are watching the videos on 2x speed because they're too bored to watch them on the normal speed now. Have you ever seen those videos? Do you know what I find crazy, dude? Yeah. Have you ever seen those videos where there's two things playing at the same time? Like, yeah, let's say you have, there's a speech or something, and then there's like 
a car. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Reels. Yeah, Someone's yeah. in a podcast and there's a GTA car, fucking just going and racing and shit. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. It's, it's like fucked. And I must say, I can also experience that my extent, like attention span has definitely dropped. Yeah. Definitely at least a bit. Everyone's. I mean, like even these like there's TikTok. There is also Be Real now. Yeah, yeah, I know Be Real. I, I luckily don't have Be Real. Same, makes two of us, you know. Yeah. That app, uh, I mean, I'm not one to judge. I have Instagram and I have TikTok. Uh, yeah, both. Apps. I have both, yeah, yeah. And Snapchat, yeah. of course. Yes. They're bad apps, but Be Real is like, it's also a bad app because all you're doing is just posting pictures and seeing other people's pictures. Like, that's it. Do you know what? I used to have Be Real. Yeah. But before they had, like, the feature of posting more than once a day, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So I was like at the start of Be Real and then I deleted it one time. Why? I don't know. Yeah. And then when I checked again or like I didn't download it again, but a friend like uh, showed it and was like, oh, you have actually like how many photos you need to take per day. Yeah. You compare that to your life and then when you see again, it's just fucking... And that's all you can do on this app. You can't even talk. You can't even... You can comment though. You can comment, but that's it. I think it's just liking and commenting and seeing other people's pictures. That's, that's the worst combination. That's, I, that you can't even like, okay, you can comment, but you can't even DM. I mean, you can, but no one really does that on Real. Like, no. no. So it's, it's the peak of just comparison. You know, like, that's all you're doing. So Don't people like love for social media and stuff? Like for Instagram photos, how many people have died from trying to take a selfie? Yeah, for Instagram. Yeah, like oh, on the Burj Khalifa, the highest building, I'm taking a selfie, all, all this parkour stuff. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people just died just to get these Bro, stuff. Okay, guess a number. Guess a number. How many people have died from selfies? From selfies? Yes, taking selfies. In Not history. In, in history, of all time. Well, would, let's say per year. Okay, per year, I would say it cannot exceed 50, 100 per year. There's no way. Uh, bro, I'll say at least 200. I give 100 for this per year. List of selfie rate. What is the cause of difference? What should be like five or something? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I found how many people take selfies a day? 92 million. Jeez. How do they even measure that? I don't think that's accurate. Oh, like, I mean, if they record, what, I mean, they know everything about our phones. 379 related deaths over the previous 13 years. Oh. Okay, I say per, per year. Yeah, we're okay, we're all. Yeah, we're fine, we're fine, yeah. yeah <laughs> Bro, that's a, that's, that's a significant amount of deaths. Yeah, like, it's like, Everyone just, I mean, I mean, everyone, all of us are like this probably by now, but sometimes even I realize it and I stopped, I try to like stop it. When I travel, I obviously want to enjoy, but I'm also thinking about what pictures to post in my story. And I'm like, why am I having this thought? That's true. I've also experienced that. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why now when I travel, even when I go out as well, I don't like to, when I go out and I'm seeing people, I don't like to use my phone, you know, because I feel like. 
it's yeah, it's not good for you. It's oh, not, not but even having that thought in your head, like it's bad. it just shows the addiction we have to social media. Yeah. Like everyone has an addiction. Like, yeah, please. more or less. Yeah, everyone will admit they have a social media addiction. Hundred percent. I mean, a lot of people literally travel just to take pictures or to show people that oh, I'm traveling. Most a lot of people are like, this is my main. Isn't that like Dubai? Like, yeah, they just go to no, yeah, to take a picture in front of the Burj Khalifa. It's a trend now, actually. A lot of people are going to Dubai just to like, you know, show I'm in Dubai. You know, yeah, I have the bread. You know, it's, it's but they don't probably have the bread. Probably don't. Yeah, yeah. but it's, they just like flexing. Yeah, it, I guess yeah. It's, it's a culture now. But uh, that's why, I, like, I'm always trying to like, okay, maybe at home I use like social media a lot, but when I'm outside and I'm with people, I want to use my phone as little yeah, as possible as, yeah because you know like when I'm with other people I want to live in the present I don't want to like sit yeah. sit all a human being and the present yeah. yeah holy shit social media is just intense I don't know that's why I like deleted every now and then I think that's a really good habit bro but I mean I still get, I still check it that's the thing but because on safari it sucks Compared to the app, like it's a hassle. You don't do I'm it. less likely. To, yeah, it's a hassle. It's a hassle. Yeah, making that bad habit a hassle, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, be be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, do you fuck with Andrew Tate? I know now he's like died down a bit, but like. Uh, Yes. What do you think about like misogyny in today's time? Uh, are you talking about his views or my views? Your views. Misogyny? Yes. It's a wide topic, but um, to be honest with you, I feel like it, because of his humor and his like intense jokes about misogyny, yeah. I think, I know his message, but I think there's a lot of people uh, teenagers and young adults who took his message the wrong way and now they're acting very extreme like you know I'm manly I'm irritated and stuff like yes. that and that, I think that's the exact thing that he is against you know like but that's how what got him famous that's what got him that, famous like humor saying that like very radical stuff in that time you yeah know? and it's satire and stuff and everyone took it seriously a lot of guys took it seriously and just took it to the extreme and there's an epidemic of people who are just wanna be advocates without actually, you know, doing something significant. Okay. You know what I mean? So, I a lot of people took his message in the wrong way. He probably, he even admitted in a lot of interviews that he relayed some of his messages the wrong way. But I agree with everything about uh, self-improvement, masculinity, hitting the gym and all of that, I agree with. A lot of his views about women, to be honest, are actually flawed. I'm kind of against sometimes. Okay, so I, I can I agree with that. He definitely like the gym part. I agree with the treating women in a certain way. That's also a bit. He's a bit. Like, he, yeah. He's the way he's he goes like, far. He goes yeah, very. He far. goes far. And like it's like I wouldn't do like that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he stays, he stays top G. 
Yeah, he said, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, like some of his, the, some of his ideas of how you should like treat women and some of them are actually like correct. Like obviously don't prioritize women over yourself or you know, don't like be, I don't know, very weak minded and scared of them. But a lot of the stuff about him, like let's say he also mentioned in one interview that uh, his wife like should never leave the house or stuff like that or she would just cook and I'm gonna work and she's gonna like it's a bit extreme yes like uh, uh, there's a lot of like most families in the Middle East uh, I would say most families but like they are is the Middle East more conservative they're more conservative but it's not a thing where the man is telling the woman you should you must not work or stuff like that you know it's okay. like it's just for a long time didn't women have like no education in uh like they had education, yes, but, but uh, they were not allowed it. Wasn't there time? I know this is yeah, yeah. taboo a bit. Yeah. To, okay. To be honest, I'm not like they definitely women. Obviously, uh, like they had a choice whether to work or to stay at home. You know, home wife, housewives. You know, they were never in, in Middle East. It's not popular to force the woman not to work because that's just very controlling and not yes. the right way to treat a woman. They always had a choice. That's it. But uh, the fact that he's saying, oh, they should must not work and they must not provide a living and free depend on you, I think that's the wrong idea. But, like, do you think what he, re- like, messaged Andrew Tate deserves for him to go to prison? Like, you know, going to prison, getting yeah. allocated for what he was allocated for. I'm not exactly sure about this topic, about what he was allocated for. Mm. No, he was allocated for um, starting a video cam business and he was apparently involved in s- sex trafficking of children or whatever. That's why. And it... Exploiting it, women probably. Exploiting women. Must be. Yeah, and it was never... He was never proven guilty. He went, they sent him to home prison. But now I think he's on trial. I'm not sure. But he was never really proven guilty of this. And you know when, you're, when, you, when someone becomes famous... Well, he just broke the internet, you know. He yeah. was the most searched guy for like out of nowhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. But just an interesting topic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. But I think the like, I think there's a misconception about the Middle East, like you know, very being very like, oh, the man orders everyone what to say. Obviously, the man has like the control, but it's not like a very authoritative. You know, like but if I think of the Middle East, I think of rich. That's yeah, like yeah. that's the first thing yeah, that pops in my head. <laughs> yes, that's. Yeah. Have you ever been in Dubai? I lived in Dubai my whole life. <laughs> how was how was the World Cup in uh, in Qatar? Did uh, you go watch that? I actually went yeah. to the semi final okay. of the World Cup. I watched. Who played the game? Uh, Argentina and Croatia. Nice. So Messi was there. Of course. So it was like, like I won this. I even won this ticket like so randomly. I just applied. You could apply for six games of your choice, and I applied for the semi final and the final. And the chance of you getting that's like one in like fifty million. It's like all oh, the whole world is applying to see exactly. This. Yeah. And I got it. I got a semi final ticket, so I just went and watched the game. And Messi played. Well, now the match in that game. Good, no, it's fun. So, something to tell my grandkids about. <laughs> oh yeah, I was at that yeah. World Cup. Yeah, I like once in twenty ten, but I was very small. Like we just 
went for a game for the World Cup. Yeah. But we didn't we watch it at the stadium. We didn't watch it at the stadium. It was just like, I don't know. But I heard it was the best World Cup. 2010? Yeah. yeah. Shakira. And so some, <laughs> some South Africa. Yeah, that was... Waka, waka. It's time for Africa. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And the Vuvuzela. <laughs> yeah, bro, they were so loud and I never knew what, what these were as a kid. It was banned in Europe, right? Really? I'm 100% sure they banned it. Like, they took it to stadiums and then in Europe they're like, no, no. We're Why? banning the Vuvuzela. Because it's obnoxious. It's funny though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun to blow it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun to blow it. It's so fucking loud, like. But it was yeah. actually, it was just... Like, it was something, like, I can, I'm always associating that World Cup. And the, the moment I remember 2010, I remember this song. It was very, like... Yeah. Like... First Shakira, though. <laughs> yeah, it was also, yeah, that, that song as well. That World Cup was really good as well. It was, like, prime Spain, you know, at that time. They won two years in World Cup. Yeah, that was a good team, yeah. Yeah, it was a crazy team. Okay, I've, do you, you think you want to wrap it up? Yeah, we can. We can. Uh, thank you again for another GVO podcast, the Good <laughs> Vibes Only podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Yeah, yes. that's very nice. Uh, we talked about football, talked about a lot of things, actually. Well, we talked about Israel, football, Palestine. War, social media. Social media. Rugby. Of course. Uh, And see you guys next week. Cheers.